Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the Kingdom of Heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, it's good to be with you. Question for today, have you ever found yourself recounting the things that God has not done for you? I sure have. That's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, let me introduce myself. My name is Ruth Hendrickson. I run a ministry called RHM International. You can learn more about it at the website, which is ruthhendrickson.org. Our call, our mandate is to see the body of Christ raised up, trained up, equipped up, freed up to walk in the fullness of who God has called you to be because he has plans and purposes for you. So if you want to learn more about the ministry, just visit the website, ruthhendrickson.org. All sorts of resources, training materials, ministry materials on there for you to help you in your journey. So again, that website is ruthhendrickson.org. All right. Recounting the things God has not done. Do you ever find yourself doing that? You just get going down and going off this checklist as well. God, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And the uh, promises didn't come true. I found myself doing that just the other day. You know, I was standing there. We were actually away on vacation of all things. And I get myself into a slump. Okay. And I begin to complain. I'm by myself and I just begin to complain to God about all the things that I feel he has not done. You know, the losses in life, the pain and the sorrow, the prophetic words that didn't get fulfilled, fulfilled, you know, the ones given to me by others. How about the promises, the things that I really believe I, I heard God on, like I know his voice and yet they haven't come to pass or the areas of my life that don't align with who God says he is or the promises or, you know, we, we all have these areas, these, but God, these, where are you? And so, you know, can you relate to that? You know, let's be real. Can you relate to going down into those slumps, going down into the valley, going down into that whole realm of the, but God or the why God or the, where are you God? Or gee, God, are you even there? You know, um, if if you can relate to that right now, just wave your hands in the air and go, yeah, that's me. You know, I, I follow the Lord and I walk with the Lord. And but there are moments where it's like, OK, God, what the heck is going on here? Are you even there? You know, are you even there? And so I went on and on with my complaints and, and to be <laughs> to be truthful, I was digging a hole deeper and deeper. It's like I had that proverbial shovel out and it's like, okay, God, here's another complaint. Boom, but, you know, dig it deeper. Here's another one. Let's see how deep we can dig this place. And, you know, at, yeah, eventually you have to climb down to the hole to keep digging. You know, you've gotten too deep. And so, you know, the world becomes darker, darker, of course, and your mood goes right along with it. Gloom, despair enter in and anxiety can try to work its way in. And that list of unwanted visitors who kind of jump down in the hole or maybe you're uncovering them in the hole. OK, and it goes on and on and on. It's like, good grief. What what do we do to ourselves? You know, we know better than to do this. Right. And yet here we are, you know, as many years as I've been walking with the Lord, here I am digging that hole, digging that hole, digging that hole. You know, Matthew 6, 22 and 23 says the the eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, the whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, the whole body 
is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you actually have is darkness, how deep that darkness is, case in point, okay? If our focus is clear, then the body has light and knows what to do. But of course, if our focus is bad, if we're focused on the right thing, if we're rehearsing the wrong list, then um, then it gets cloudy, okay? It's like we have one eye on God because I know he's there, but but he's not doing all these things, but he's not doing all the words, you know, I'm not seeing the fulfillment and I can go, well, there's a timing with this, but, you know, and, and we just keep going back. We dig and we dig and we dig. So it, when our focus is cloudy, then of course we don't have the direction or the clarity from God that, um, you know, we're not seeing from his perspective. And, and we know that, you know, God is a God of truth. And, and if we know the truth, it sets us free in all areas of life. We know that our God is not a God of confusion, but there's times we can go on these rabbit trails or we can start digging our pit. I mean, we're digging our own pit when we allow our minds to wander like that. And, and so it gets darker and darker and the confusion comes ushering, you know, it just comes, it, it, it like surrounds us. Okay. Um, you know, it, when we talk about the transformation of the mind, or we talk about holding every thought captive, the reason is, because we need to be filling our minds with the things of the Lord. But when we're rehearsing the things, the disappointments, the pains, the trials, the things we don't understand, we're, we're not filling our minds with the things of the Lord. There are times to ponder those things with the Lord. But I think it's very different to ponder with the Lord some of those questions. At least for me, it is. I can ponder with the Lord the disappointments, the question marks. And I don't go into that dark place. I don't, I don't go into that gloomy place. But when I fixate on them or when I focus or when I start to rehearse the list, all my, you know, my complaints and I just go on and on and on and I don't reposition myself, it gets darker and darker. Let me say, there's nothing wrong with voicing your complaint before the Lord. David does that all the time in the Psalms and it's very, very freeing. But you see, he always repositions himself. It's like he reaches a point and he's like, wait a minute, if I don't reposition myself right now, I'm going to jump into that pit and keep digging deeper. So right now, while I'm still on the surface, I'm going to reposition. I'm going to begin to declare the goodness of God. I'm going to begin to declare the goodness of God. Otherwise, we kind of become like Eeyore. Now, if you're familiar, Eeyore is a donkey on, on Winnie the Pooh uh, in that whole series of that book series. Eeyore is always just his head's hanging low and it's always his voice is always woe is me, you know, and that's kind of the route we become. We come become like an Eeyore where everything's bad and everything's gloomy. You know, we've we've got this black cloud hanging over us. Eeyore doesn't have a black cloud, but that gloominess and despair, whereas the Lord says we're to walk in the light, we're to bring the light, we're to be the light, we're to we're to bring kingdom, you know, the kingdom of heaven onto earth. But when we're when we get down into this pit, we can't do that. So, um, so I was actually standing outside looking at this beautiful expanse mountains, just beautiful as I was digging this pit and jumping down into it. Okay. And so as I, as I stood there, God, God really began to speak and he reminded me of a number of things. Number one, he took me to Genesis 15, 15, where Abraham is struggling with the fact that things aren't looking the way that God said they would look. The timing's not the way that he thought it should be as a promise from God that hasn't come to pass. And, and he's just like, what good is it, God? What good is it? And the Lord actually tells him to go outside, go outside his tent 
and um, to look up at the stars and to begin counting now, beautiful. It's, you know, the stars were starting to, you know, it was getting dark enough that you could see the stars. And, and I was like, okay, okay, you know, it's time to start counting. God was saying to me that I needed to get out of my head and look at his vastness, look at his greatness and begin to recount the things that I had see, f- seen fulfilled in my life, his promises. I, I needed to begin to remind myself of those promises. And as I did that, it's like that that pit got closed in, you know, and, and I got back to the surface. I got I got back to alignment. I got back to where there was light. I got back into the, the will of God, the vision of God, the place where there's hope rather than hopelessness. So in other words, he reminded me again that I needed to get out of my head and look at his vastness. And some of you right now, you've been you've been you've had that shovel in your hand and you've been digging that pit. And the Lord is saying to you right now that it's time to look up and look at his vastness and begin to count, recount the goodness, count those stars until you're ready to recount the goodness of God and his faithfulness of God all through your life and through the generations the second place he took me was into Hebrews 11, and he took me to a couple places. Number one is verse one, where it says, "Faith is the confidence that what we look for will actually, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives assurance about the things that we cannot see." So faith is confidence. Okay, even though I have not seen this yet, I believe I have hope that it will actually happen. I have the assurance based on the promises of God and the word of God that this will happen. So my faith had to get back into alignment so that it was a competent expectation that what God has said, what he has spoken, even if I don't understand it right now, even though my life might not be going in all areas the way I think it should go, that I will align with him and his word, that I will step into faith. So that was Hebrews 11.1. And then he took me to verse 13, where it says, all these people still believe, died, they died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and they welcomed, welcomed it. Some of us have promises over our lives that we may not see fulfilled in our lifetime. But remember, God doesn't just look at the individual. He, he also looks at the generations. He looks at a bigger picture. So there's going to be some promises that we have over our life that we're not to be in despair about. We're to keep standing on them because God's seen from a different perspective, from a different viewpoint. And I got to look at that and I began to ponder with the Holy Spirit, what if some of these things that I'm contending for are for future generations? And I may not see them, but the decisions I'm making right now, the way I'm positioning myself is actually going to open the door for future generations. And that it's a family or a generational word as opposed to a me word. Does that make sense? Okay, so uh, so maybe I need to get outside myself and outside this time continuum that I'm in. You know, I'm stuck in this, this, you know, this short span of life, this blink of an eye. But my prayers are not stuck in this realm. My prayers can impact the future generations. So when I align with God and the promises of God, Rather than focusing on, well, this isn't happening the way I think it should happen or in that time frame. I can get excited when I align with God because I may or may not see it in my lifetime. I might die 
still believing the promises of God and seeing it from a distance for a future generation. Some of you guys watching, you've been hanging on to promises so tight that you're actually getting discouraged and frustrated because you haven't seen them happening because the focus is wrong. And you need to take those promises and hold them open-handed before God and say, you know what, God, if I don't see this in my lifetime, then it's for a future generation. And God, I'm going to partner with you. I can't wait to, you know, someday from a heavenly perspective, I'll see this, even if I don't experience on, on earth, because your promises are true and you are true to your word and your word is yes and amen. And so then I went into verse 39, and all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received what God had promised. But their faith, they stood on the faith, which goes back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance for the things that we cannot see. You know, one of the problems that the body of Christ has had is that we're flip-floppy. I mean, we're all over the place. We get blown by the wind on what we believe one day, what we believe another day. Is the culture going to drive our beliefs or is God going to drive our beliefs? The world looks at us and they say there's a bunch of hypocrites because we're not standing firm on our faith and who God says and the promises of God. And so when we stand when we stand, when we don't allow ourselves to be swayed, even when things don't look like they're working out quite the way that we think they should, we actually earn a good reputation because of our faith. It's time to stand on the word of God. Even if we're not receiving all God has promised, it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. We may be ushering in something for future generations. It could also be, you know, Abram, back to Genesis 15, 15, as he stood outside the tent, that promise that he was contending for was Isaac. He had the promise of Isaac, but he hadn't seen Isaac yet. He didn't have that child to hold in his arms yet. He was frustrated because the timing component wasn't there. But he would hold that child in his arms. Sometimes... We're giving up or we're bad-mouthing God even or we're allowing doubt in. But yet that promise is right around the corner and you are going to see it in your lifetime. It just hasn't reached that point yet where God releases it. It's still marinating. You're still to be contending for it rather than allowing doubt in. And yet there's others, again, that we're not going to receive that promise. But it doesn't mean it was wrong. It doesn't mean that you heard wrong. Again, it could be for future generations. There's so much here. Verse 40, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. We're paving the way also for future generations. So as I stood there and I reflected on all this, and I was looking up at the stars as it got darker and, and, and I just, I was like, okay, God, number one, forgive me for that doubt and for going down that, that list of all the things, all the pain, all the, all the failures, all the, all the places where I felt like you didn't come through, all the, all the prophetic words, which I feel haven't been fulfilled, the things that you've spoken to me that I know were the voice of God and yet haven't happened for letting that list consume me rather than letting God consume me. And I want you to hear that some of you guys, you've been doing that same thing. That's why I wanted to share this because you've been doing that same thing where the list 
of the of the misses or of the God not coming through has been consuming you rather than him, him consuming you. I just want to bring us back to count the goodness and the vastness of God and his faithfulness, that that faith stands strong, whether or not we're seeing these things come to pass in the moment. So as I did all this, I began to worship and I began to recount the goodness of God and the promises of God, his faithfulness over the years. Because I realized that what I was doing in that place of consistent complaining, going through that litany, is I was opening a door for the demonic to come in. And I wanted to make sure that I just didn't close that door, but I nailed it. I I, I shut it tight. I boarded it over. Because I don't want to give him, the enemy, that foothold. And I know that this mind can't afford to carry the disappointments shoving out the goodness of God. Because I have a mandate to carry his presence. I have a mandate to bring heaven to earth. I have a mandate to bring the goodness of God. I have a mandate to bring hope into a hopeless world. I have a mandate to change the atmosphere every place that I step. And I can only do that when this vessel is filled with the goodness and the glory of God. And that's true for you also. You can only carry the goodness of heaven and the weight of heaven and the glory of heaven when you're filled with that faith and that hope knowing that God sees a bigger picture and just standing on his word, no matter what. So I just wanted to come in and share a little of that today. And I hope that you are encouraged and that your pits are closing and that you're seeing the goodness of God and that faith is coming back into alignment. It's okay to voice the complaint. Again, it's okay. Look at the Psalms. David voices it. But then he goes and he makes sure that he comes right back into alignment with the Lord. He knows he cannot stay there and neither can we. You can't afford to stay in that place of the disappointment. The disappointment with yourself, the disappointment with God. You are created to look up, to count the stars, to to see the vastness, to walk in the faith. To, to believe, no matter what, to stubbornly believe in the promises of God. It is worth it. It's life-changing. It gives joy. It gives strength. It gives expectation. It gives hope. It gives you a voice. It gives you excitement. And it changes everything. And then when you take those steps, when you walk through life, you walk with a confidence and a boldness that comes from being a child of the most high God, because that's who you are. So look up, count the stars. Let faith be the confidence that what you hope for will actually happen. And you know what? If you don't see it in your lifetime, it doesn't mean that you were wrong. Don't go back to the regrets. You may be contending for future generations because God's looking at a much bigger picture than we could ever imagine. And even some of the breakthroughs that you've had in your own life are because somebody before you was contending and maybe didn't see it. But they were actually making the way, paving the way for you to walk in what you're walking in now. God looks at so much more than what we could even, even 
you know, try to wrap our heads around. He's good. He's for you. He's not against you. He has plans and purposes for you and they are good. So do, do not be dis- discouraged. Don't despair. Stop going down that litany, that list of all the bad, all the failures, all the disappointments, all the words that haven't come true. Go into counting the stars, looking at the goodness of God, letting that faith grow and increase. Again, you're here for such a time as this. Don't ever question that. God has good things in store for you. So thank you for joining me again today. Please share this. You know, we really want to encourage, and I, I, I think today's message, man, it really just, it's something I walk through and I just want you to hear. There's so much discouragement in the world right now. And man, if we can help people reposition and get their focus right, imagine what could change. Just imagine what would change individually, but also corporately. You know, if if we get, you know, if we get out of this hopelessness and go into the throne room of heaven with all God has. So have a great day. Be so blessed. Please feel free to share this. And again, um, if you haven't already done so at some point, just go to the website, see what all we have on there for you to help you grow. Uh, Just walk in the freedom that God has for you. So have a great day and be so blessed, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.